The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Sammy Taramina. Hey, hey, welcome to 2021 edition of OAA Now. I'm Ian Locke with me on the phone, Sammy Taramina. Sammy. Hey, what's up? Happy New Year, everybody. You doing okay, Ian? Hanging in there, dude. It was a nice uh, little break. We were just talking just before we went on about oh, how yeah. it's been a month since we've done a show. Uh, it's, it, been it, it's been a month. I mean, like, I just, you know, but I'm glad to be back here. I mean, we got some sports to talk about this finally. weekend. Finally. Football <laughs> this weekend. I mean, like, goodness gracious, we've got 308 teams left um, that are still in the postseason. I mean, like. You got North Farmington taking the trip all the way from I-75 to M-72 this weekend. <laughs> and then you have Oak Park going to Livonia to take on the charges of Livonia Churchill. And, of course, you have Romeo headed to the swap to take on West Bluefield. Um, very interesting matchups, all three of them this weekend over, um, you know, in the regional final round. Of course, the um, winners move on, losers go home. Absolutely. And... You know, uh, some of the things we were talking about before we went to break was, you know, weather and playing outside this late and, tra- like you said, traveling up by 75 uh, into the no man's land up there. And um, what are you going to get into? That's where North Farmington's going. Right? That's where North Farmington's going up to I-75 and M-72. Um, I'm going to look at that matchup, and I think that's going to be um, probably one of the most interesting matchups. Um, they're calling on Saturday over there at um at Traverse City Central, thirty-two degrees and mostly cloudy skies over there. Thirty. Um, hey, thirty-two without wind. That yeah, that, that wouldn't be, be too bad. Yeah, thirty field. You know, you know that's near Lake Michigan, you know Grand Traverse Bay. You know what I mean in that area. I mean, like yeah. think about where. Um, and let's not forget the opponent Traverse North Farmington has to go up against. Of course, um, Traverse City Central is a team that um. You know, they haven't really been tested a big North all season. Um, they've played and they've had an interesting non-league game. You know, they went down to Macomb, Dakota week six. Um, that was a real interesting game where they um, ended up falling to Macomb, Dakota, 42-16. Yeah. Um, they do have a very good offensive lineman in a Western Michigan commit, Carson Briggs. Um, and they have a good quarterback in um, Josh Burnham. Um, Austin Bills is their top running back. We're see- and they have wide receivers in Carson Hall. Carson Barodo as well. They're also well coached as well when you look at them. Traverse City Central, of course. Um, let's not forget this team went into Midland and beat an undefeated Midland team that had a quarterback by the name of Al Money in there. It was 30 to 22 at Midland Community Stadium before the pause. I mean, Eric Sugars has done a really good job with Traverse City Central. Um, but I just really think, you know, when you look at Traverse City Central, I just don't think they've been really that been tested besides those two, well, besides Macomb, Dakota, nor, um, nor um, Midland. So, I mean, looking at this game, you know, we were talking the weather conditions potentially. That might be moot. I mean, obviously they're both playing in the same condition, and it's right. not going to be a blizzard. It, it Hopefully no. it's just going to be cold and the, the field will be cleaned off. So, you know, we we're saying, well, maybe it's going to be a complete ground game. Who's got the better ground game? Because in a blizzard, you're not necessarily throwing the ball, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it looks like if the weather conditions and the, the forecasts hold, it looks like that it would be 
both offenses, both teams can bring the full complement of their playbook to uh, to the game. Absolutely. I mean, like, but when you look at North Farmington, of course, the thing I'm concerned about with North Farmington is this. You, before the pause, North Farmington had an extra week to prepare because South Lion had to forfeit because of COVID-19. So when you really look at it, so North Farmington's a team that they've been basically, um, they've been well-rested, but I'm really concerned about the rust. And then the fact now you've got to add that travel yeah. from I-75 to M-72 and Gaylord, <laughs> I don't know, it's Grayling to go up to, and then take M-72 west into Traverse City. Yeah. I mean, that is absolutely insane. Hey. I mean, like, and could you just imagine the winner of this game? Like you're having to play East Lansing or go up to Muskegon, Mona Shores. Mm-hmm. Yikes. And uh, like you say, the travel and like then they've been off. Uh, yeah, can I mean, you can you shake that rust off quickly? Because the, what's the turnaround time? You get a, a week to prepare, right? Or a week and a half? Yeah, they better. They better because, um, you know, when you look at a course, then you have all these all these testing going around with the antigen tests and all that that these kids and coaches are going through. I mean, like, you know, it's it's another hurdle. I mean, like, so when you look at it, when you look at, of course, for North Farmington, they got a lot going against them this week. I mean, like, you know, this is the first meeting they have. This is the first meeting between these two teams since 1978 Whoa. when they met in the class final. Class A final, of course, wow. when um when Travis City Central beat North Farmington 20 to 14. But um, it's just anybody be- remember that game? <laughs> That was North Farmington's best season they've ever had. Though. Wow. It was in 1978. So, wow. but when you look at the matchup on paper, you know, I mean, the the edge up front has to go to Traverse City Central because of because of breaks. Um, but when you look at the skill position players, I mean, like, you have Lissandra um, and Whitehorn for North Farmington. And, of course, you have Aaron Rice and um, Jasper Beeler for North Farmington. And then on the other side, you have um, Josh Burham, quarterback, Austin Bills. Carson Hall, Carson Bordreau, and the coaching match is interesting between Eric Sugars and um, John Hurstie. So it's going to be a really interesting game. You know, I am concerned about the travel for North Farmington. Because yeah. um, they're going to have to go up a day before, right? Um, it's a Saturday afternoon, so it's a one. It's a one o'clock kickoff. So they're probably a traveling up kickoff. Friday afternoon. They could travel Friday afternoon. You, you would have to almost. Or, or, you know, or or they could just leave at 7 a.m. maybe and then go Ooh. all the way up. And, um, you're you're up at there. risk of the weather, dude. Uh, I would say go up Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a playoff game. I'm assuming they go up Friday, and if you leave in the morning, you might get, you know, walk the venue, maybe get yeah, a little walkthrough through, and then uh, you play the gig on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I think that's a good – if you're John Hurston, you're North Park's Athletic Department, that is a very smart idea. Um, maybe get a hotel for the kids on Friday. I mean, like, make spend the night Friday night. I mean, like, that makes a lot of sense, um, especially when you go on that type north. I mean, yeah. like, I, I do agree with you, Ian. You know what I mean? I mean, like, but if they do go up at 7 a.m., I don't know what the heck's going to happen. But but I do like – I think that's probably the best situation for them. Um, I know there was a couple teams that have had to take this – um. Long route. I know um, Lake Warren had to go to Monroe um, last season. I mean, like um, two years ago, um, where um, the L was about maybe. But Monroe and Traverse City are two different animals. Com- of course, especially in North. January. <laughs> yeah, especially in January. Yeah. But you know, if there's only one, 
there's like one bright side out of this, you know, for North Farmington. You know, they don't have to go into that blizzard situation where, but you got to also worry about lake effect. Let's say yeah. if, because, you know, the weather can always change in northwest Michigan when you look at a course. Um, so I really think for North Farmington, they're going to have their hands full against a very good, um, a very good Trojans team. I mean, this team, they're very athletic. They've had a good year. I mean, like, I'm not sure how good the Big North was all season long, but they won that pretty handily. Um, blew out Shorts Creek, blew out, um, and then they had that awesome game against Midland. Hmm. But but um, North Farms is going to have their hands full this week, obviously, when they head off to Traverse City. That's going to be a big, big game. Yeah. And uh, looking at the other OAA matchup Games. yeah what yeah, which got, one we got one that is a potential you know oaa power um yeah. and then another the upstart there's a big surprise in oak park yeah the upstart um they get to go to livonia this week to take on the charges of livonia churchill i mean this game's got a shootout potential in the making and the reason why i say this is because livonia churchill defensively is a liability i mean they gave up 28 points in their last win against Livonia Franklin in the district final. I know that Livonia Franklin's been tested. They take on, they took on Dearborn. They had their losses were to Dearborn, Fortune, and Belleville. Um, we know how good both those two teams mm-hmm. are. Um, and then when you look at um, Livonia Churchill, they got a very good quarterback. Um, and and Gavin Brooks, he's a Concordia commit. I mean, Brooks is. Really had a bounce back year. He's had he's had a great year for um, Livonia Churchill. And then you look at, of course, the well coach and the coach Bill DeFlippio. Um, and they run that zone read pistol offense, and it's been very popular these days around the game. It's been that off. It's been it's it's been that zone read pistol offense. It's it's the same offense Oak Park runs. Mm. So I expect this game will be a shootout. Now on the other side for Oak Park, we know about James Burley. We know about um, – and then, of course, you have Davian Prim. Of course, he is a Michigan State commit. Um, and you have Toledo commit wide receiver slash safety Jalen Mines. Um, and then, of course, you have Rayshon Benny, um, yeah. the um, lineman at Oak Park. Um, now, when you look at Oak Park's situation, this might be the last game they may be a hold because I'm not sure if Mel Tucker is going to get Davian Prim the – Go ahead, or Toledo will give Jalen Mines to go ahead to keep playing their final two games if Oak Park were to advance into the into the state semifinal. You know because they're gonna they're enrolling early. You know what I mean? So that's gonna be a real question mark for Oak Park. It's the same thing West Bloomfield. We're gonna talk West Bloomfield in a couple minutes, but but for Oak Park, you know the way that this team's been, they've knocked off three very good playoff teams, three three teams in Gross Point and Gross Point South. UD Jesuit and of course um and of course beating Wyandotte. I mean like that's gonna be it's Livonia Churchill is a very interesting team. They're both they're stuck they're solid offensively, but so is Oak Park. Um I'm a little concerned about both teams defensively. This makes for a very interesting matchup, especially in Livonia. Um but Oak Park's been like a team on the road a lot. They've been on the road. <laughs> I mean, like, let's not forget Oak Park. They had to go to Clarkston um, before going to Gold's Point. They go into UD Jesuit and then go into Wyandotte. So Oak Park's been used to being on the road for a little while. Yeah, and 
and with the rust factor. I mean, we cannot uh, forget that. We were just talking about that with North Farmington, right? The rust factor. Yes, they uh, North Farmington had a week off prior to all this mess. But, Oak uh, Park did not. Or not Oak Park, but North Farmington, excuse me. But mm-hmm. Oak Park, you know, they were, if any team in the playoffs was running momentum, right, at the time, right. it, it was Oak right. Park. And, and to, to all of a sudden have that stopped the way it was, mm-hmm. do you think yes. they can gain that momentum back? Do they, can they get that sense I of urgency they back? Because they, 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 they were firing on all cylinders, man. I mean, they, mm-hmm. were, they were at it. And now to be, have this layoff and the downtime, can you ramp that back up again? I think, and I know Coach Greg Carter very well, and I think when you look at Oak Park, um, this team, you know, Greg Carter is going to have this team ready. I mean, this team went through the gauntlet of the red. I mean, like, they started off 0-6. They had to go to, they had to go to Lake Orion. They had to go to Oxford. They had to go to Clarkston. I mean, this team, no, they've been battle-tested. I mean, like, you know, do I think it's going to, it will, I think it will affect them a little bit early. But when you look at the, um, but when you look at Oak Park, um, knowing that they're whole, they're fully healthy, um, I think, you know, with them, I think they're going to be ready to go. I really think that, um, you know, they got the leadership and Rayshon Benny back. I mean, I think he's going to be a big difference maker in this game. I really do think that, um, I think Oak Park's going to be okay in this game. Okay. And uh, we go back to the, the discussion of, the, the departures and um, the names you rattled off for Oak Park, boy, oh boy, you know, those are key components. I mean, any any player on any team that's being recruited on D1 and is looking to go, obviously when you lose them, that's going to be a huge blow uh, to the team. So, I mean, it's kind of what we were talking about uh, prior to us uh, taking the uh, break into the end of 2020 talking about the players that uh, were on the cusp of enrolling early because that's the new trend, right, is mm-hmm. I, we enroll early and you get that extra spring workout in and you get spring games. You don't have to wait to the fall to come in and play football now on the college level, and everybody's leaving uh, high school a little early. Yeah, it's, it's weird because when you get in the COVID era, I mean, like, I'm not sure how um, how college coaches are going to play this out, especially, you know, and that. West Bloomfield. We're going to talk to them in a couple minutes, but with Oak Park's case, you know, you look at Davion Prim um, and Jalen Mines have to go into Toledo next year. So, you know, when you look at those two, I mean, Rayshon Benny as um, stated, you know, I've heard rumblings he will leave in February. So, you know, it won't affect Benny that much. Okay. much it's going to affect Prim and it's going to affect Mines. So, when you look at a situation, let's say if Oak Park were to advance and take on like Warren D. LaSalle, when they go to Wayne State, let's say they did advance, then, you know, then you got to worry about, okay, can I have Prim play? Can I have Mines play? If Then, you, then you're going to really be against it. And, you know, when you look at, when you look at, of course, that situation, let's say if you don't have those two guys, you know, if you're Oak Park, I mean, like, then you could have some problems. I mean, like, um, but then again, I don't, but then again, it's more, then again, you know um, we don't know if they're going right. I mean, that's, we don't know where they're going. And you know? the other thing that throw is so uh, just hit me as you were talking about this is um, all the eligibility rules for the MHSAA 
if mm-hmm. if these guys are early enrolling into college, which they should have mm-hmm. had their schedules made already because this week and next week uh, college students are starting to head back to campus, right? Right. Uh, with classes yeah. starting on the 19th or whatever it is. Right. And but the if you're still not done yet. Well, the season's still not done, but they're already enrolled in college. So if you're not enrolled in a high school, can you still compete on that team? I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> this is the weirdness thing of COVID. We're in the COVID era right now, but to me, if the rules state that, then you can't, then you can't go, then you can't play. So when you look at the situation how it's unfolded, you know, let's say if Oak Park would advance, you know what I mean? They might not have Davian Prim, they might not have Jalen Mines, and that's going to be two big losses for both sides of football when you yeah. look at, of course, um, for Oak Park's case. Um, but a lot of players are going, of course, when you, we, we heard when I, before we, um, started the pod this week, I heard about Brendan Sullivan. He is not playing against nobody Detroit Catholic central this week. Um, he's already at Northwestern. So, yeah. you know, so when you look at Davison's case, they're going to, they're going to, I think they're in some trouble against nobody Detroit Catholic central. When you look at them, um, when you look at their game, um, because they don't have that quarterback at Brendan Sullivan. Um, that can really stabilize the offense over there at Davis. So, but in Oak Park's case, um, I am worried about their depth. Um, you know, when you, especially if because they don't really have a, another true running back to go to if Prime is not there or another clear cut safety like Jalen Mines who's going to Toledo. I mean, like, but you know, it might be an air raid attack. You know, when you look at if Oak Park were to advance to the next round, so. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions when you look <laughs> at Oak Park. I mean, there's a lot of questions when you look at the Knights. I mean, like, obviously this team, um, but then again, Oak Park, you know, let's not forget, they've had a ton of injuries all year. The Rayshon Benny injury, um, they've had to go through a ton of adversity. They came in the playoffs 0-6, technically not 1-5, thanks to the Groves mess. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, but, They've been through it all, and I think you know if Oak Park were to, if Oak Park were to knock off Lavonia Churchill, um, and then take on a team like Warren DeSalle in the um, semifinal, um, and win that game, that tells you that gives that tells you how strong Coach Carter has done a very good job with that program, um, and I think that's a lot of credit going to Coach Carter and what he's done with that program over there at Oak Park. So. I think that game with Livonia Churchill is going to be really interesting. That's got shootout potential written all over it in Livonia. Um, both teams defensively are viabilities. Um, um, and we know Coach Greg Carter is a defensive first coach. So, you know, and I know I know he's been very stressed all year, especially on the defensive <laughs> side of the football. So, so this is going to be a really interesting game, you know what I mean? Because Oak Park's going to have their whole team there, but it's just going forward. That's going to be a big question for Oak yeah. Park. And and the the old cliche, right? You take one game at a time. I hate Absolutely. to say, it, but it's true. And for them, they have you know to, you have to win to advance. And uh, if everybody's still on board with them for this first game, you just work with it, get get on by, and then see mm-hmm. what you can do if uh, you do make it out of the next round. Yeah, and that's gonna be the thing. And the coach, I think a team that's in a much better shape, you know, is in Division One, and that's West Bloomfield because. When you look at West Bloomfield, they got Romeo this week. They're at home in the swamp. I mean, you know, they're coming off a blowout of, of Sterling Heights-Stevenson. Romeo's coming off a, a um, 41-27 win against Stony Creek. I mean, like, 
you know, so when you look at West Bloomfield, you know, especially when you have players, two players like Donovan Edwards and um, Max, and, um, Maxwell Harrison, um, of course, Max, of course, they're both going to be playing in this game against Romeo. Yeah. But you don't know if, if Jim Harbaugh is going to, head coach at Michigan is going to let Donovan Edwards play or at Kentucky, I think with Mark Stoops, um, yeah. going to let, going to let Maxwell Harrison finish out their seasons. I mean, like, you don't know what's going to happen there, but, um, but West Bloomfield, the reason why I say they're in much better shape is because you got a running back named Dylan Tatum. And Dylan Tatum, you know, a lot of people, you know, have given Dylan, given Donovan Edwards his, his true, his credit. You know, he's deserved it. He's earned that. But Dylan Tatum's a guy that I think could really <laughs> do well. You know what I mean? He's, he's a guy waiting in the wings. Um, I think he, and, and a lot of people, he, he's going to be a name a lot of people talk about next season. Yeah, and well, we, we've look, seen him in action. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very impressive. I mean, it's it's you. It's one of those uh, depth issues. Uh, West Bloomfield doesn't have an issue on depth. No, and I think that's the thing that Coach Ron Bellamy I give a lot of credit for is he has he's built program strength obviously with the depth. I mean, I know early on in his tenure we talked about the transfers um, that he got. I mean, like, but, you know, but he's really stabilized the, the program. He's really stabilized the middle school program. He's really stabilized everything. I mean, yep. like, and when you look at West Bluefield, you know, their goal is to win it all. And, you know, they, they were very close. Remember a couple of years ago when, we, when they lost to Clarks in that crazy baseball score. Three to two. Uh, yep. And then, <laughs> um, so when I look at West Bluefield, um, you know, I think they're better. I think they can be, um, I think they're prepared, you know, to go with life without Donovan Edwards, um, you know, but they, they, they got athletes here. They got, they got athletes that could do some damage. I mean, like West Bluefield could be a team that, you know, could make a serious run at this whole thing, even without Edwards. Um, but if Edwards is there and Harrison's there, great. I mean, like that's going to be huge for them. You know, at the San Diego Park with Davion Prime and um, Jalen Mines. I mean, like if they're there, for the for the three weeks, great. I mean, like, but but they but they got to be well prepared for this. You know what I mean? Like the handling this situation. I think yeah. West Bloom is in a much better situation to prepare for. You know, if those two would win roll early, but plus they're at home. West, yeah, West Bloom is at home. Romeo. I mean, like this one's interesting because Romeo started off one and four. They looked horrible, <laughs> horrendous, and then. What they did was they went to Wall Lake Northern, won that game, and then they went in the playoffs, won at New Baltimore Anchor Bay, beat on um, Macomb, Dakota coach Mike Chioni, and then they knocked out Macomb, Dakota on a very controversial call. Um, where um, Fumble in the end zone that. potential? Yeah, fumble in the end. Well, or... you know you knew that. The running back, Ryan Sinclair, I mean, like. Fumble forward? Yeah, he fumbled forward. I mean, like, and um, that's what happened there in that game. I mean, I know a lot of Cougar fans, become Dakota fans, are very upset about that game. <laughs> and they took advantage. And then, of course, in the district final, they took advantage of Stony Creek's. Um, mis- turn- yeah, Stony Creek's, seven um, turnovers. Seven turnovers, and look what happened there. I yeah. mean, like, you know, that was stunning there. But, you know, if I'm Kurt Ryan, it's Romeo coach. West Bluefield is a much different animal. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see seven turnovers unless there's some weird ice storm and we're keeping it on the ground and it turns into like a snowball or an ice bowl situation. Even if they did, you know, Donovan Edwards would run out of the wildcat, right? Yeah, that's true. 
you know, and then of course, remember he when West Blueville, let's not forget, had that crazy Edwards had six touchdowns against Sterling Heights Stevenson at Runkle. That was insane. I mean, so when you look at West Bluefield, I mean, like, I know the creativity that Coach Rob Bellamy's staff does there. You know, I know the coaching staff there. They will have a game plan in store for Romeo's very good defense. Romeo's got two very good defensive players, and Weston Jones and Central Michigan commit and defensive end Michael Hellman. That's going to be very interesting. Their defensive line is very good, but when they, but I've got some concerns in their secondary and their in their secondary. I think that's going to be a concern for me when I look at Romeo. I mean, offensively, Romeo has proven that they have um, they put forty five up. Who knew that they put a forty? Who knew yeah. that they put a forty five? But they had they had problems scoring. They've had problems um, they've had problems um. Being in games, I mean, like, but Romeo, you know, has proven the last few weeks they've really gotten going, and they've and to do this on the road, of all things, you know, it's been really impressive. So Romeo's going to be very Romeo ain't going to be very intimidated when they go down the swap this weekend. They're going to be very intimidated. And uh, you know, we were talking about rust from the other teams. Mm-hmm. Romeo, like you said, they got off to a slow start. Can they? I mean, they can't afford a slow start against uh, not West against Bloomfield. This team. Not against this team, because if and I know and I know I'm going to watch a lot of other podcasts, especially the Zach and Zach podcast, the Mac Attack. Um, but with Romeo, with Romeo, they cannot afford to get out to a slow start. I mean, West Bloomfield, what they did was absolutely blitzkrieg during high season. Romeo can't afford to get into a. They gotta slow it down. They gotta play time possession football. Um, but Roman, but then again, West Bloomfield has seen teams that run time possession football. You know, perfect example: Lake Orion, um, Oxford. Both teams ran time possession football. I mean, Clarkston is another team that runs a time possession football as well. So when you look at teams that run time possession football, Romeo's got a whole lot stacked against them. <laughs> yeah. So now, when you look, yeah. No, I totally agree with that. The, um, I mean, three games for the OAA coming up. Is there any other uh, games that you're keeping your eye on uh, of interest outside the OAA? Um, obviously, there's a couple of them. Keeping an eye on, um, obviously, Davison taking on Novi Detroit Catholic Central. How um, Davison's going to survive? How Davison's going to handle life without Brendan Sullivan at quarterback? Um, I'm keeping an eye on that. Um, Muskegon Motors George East Lansing. That's another one I'm keeping an eye on. Um, considering that's where North Farmington, if they get by Traverse City Central, it's going to have to deal with, obviously. Um, and then, you know, and then I'm also keeping an eye on is Detroit Tech Tech and Belleville. Of course, that winner is going to get the winner of Romeo West Bluefield. That's a, um, that is a game. Those are some games I'm keeping a really close eye on. Um, and a lot of people look at Belleville, of course, you know, being that team that could, that is, that's given West Bluefield fits the last two years. Um. They got a very good quarterback in Christian Dury, the um, state's um, high, state's highest touchdown passer. Um, you know, and um, that could be a very interesting challenge for West Bloomfield if they move on, and they would have to go to Belleville if that was the case if they move on. So, so when you look at West Bloomfield, that's a game. That's a game I'm keeping an eye on is Belleville, Detroit, Cass Tech. Um, keeping an eye, I'll keep an eye on the Stigamona Shores and East Lansing. Those are some games I'm really 
keeping a close eye on. Of course, is Ian Marshall has got a very good quarterback um, who is who who um, won the state title last year. So that's going to be really interesting to see where um to see if those two teams were to meet, if North Farms were to move on, if West Loop were to move on. You know, those are, those are the two games I'm keeping an eye on. All right. Now, um, with all this shuffling and messaging from the MHSAA and the state of Michigan and all this stuff. Now, if you guys are just tuning in uh, to OA now, um, we had a start, a restart of the season for like, what, 24 hours, 48 hours, and then it stopped again. Yeah. Right? And then it's back on again. It's back on. And it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And and then we get into – you know, uh, the winter season, because we're still looking at the fall, right? I mean, we're always talking right. about the fall, and we have been right. on the program talking about the fall and finishing the fall because there's still, you know, volleyball and swimming to take care of on the, uh, you know, outside of football. Mm-hmm. And then, and, but we're forgetting about basketball is hu- a huge season. And yeah, basketball is a huge season. I mean, the MHA announced um, on the 23rd that they would start the season that, they will announce practice will resume on January 16th. Competition will start on January 22nd. Whoa. Um, and then the postseason. And that's for both uh, men's and women's, correct? Yes, yes. And then wow. for all winter sports, they would be concluded by March 27th. That's six weeks. Yeah. And I'm going like, what are you, how in the blue world are you going to get 20 games in with a postseason and done in about six weeks? Yeah, that doesn't seem feasible. Plus, if you got a, it's it's almost like the Big Big Ten in their football season saying, "Well, you know, we're not going to do it," and then, "Oh, we're going to do it," but we don't leave any room for shutdowns or delays or anything like that. And that's the problem that I have here with the um with this is because when you look at it here, what if Flitmer and Gordon decide to extend the order? You know. Then we're back at square one again. That's that's the problem <laughs> I have. I mean, like now, I know the reason why fall sports is back is because um, it's because of the um, introduction of an antigen test program that the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services created. I mean, for for the three remaining tournaments to finish their seasons. I mean, like you know, that's why you see football playing this weekend. You see volleyball women dies starting off finish off next week i mean yep. like you know because of the antigen test program now the question that i have is will they put the antigen testing program into winter sports i mean that could be a possible option i don't know well if you have it set up and you have the means i don't see why that wouldn't take place but when, when getting into the regular season though right i mean that's yeah, they have what? Well, that was seven. Uh, was it ten days? Yeah, you got ten. Yeah, to to get going. And as far as the the men's season was going, they they were still in the middle of tryouts. Basketball <laughs> haven't even had tryouts yet. Right. So basketball uh, hasn't had tryouts yet. I mean, like that's the problem. <laughs> girls, girls have had their teams all set. I mean, yeah. the girls are the girls. All they gotta do is get back in the. I mean, all, you just gotta get the gyms open back up. Let them practice. I mean, yeah. like you know, but um. You know, that but, to me was the, the... But the six weeks, so I, I did not hear the six weeks. I was in my bubble 
over, uh, you know, the Christmas break and the new year. I enjoyed my bubble. It was a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. De-stressed quite a bit. It was nice. And yeah. then, uh, you know, we get back at it here. And when you sh- shared with me off air oh, before yeah, we went on, weeks. he goes, six. That's a big problem for me. Because <laughs> six here's weeks. Why, here's why it's the problem. I mean, now you're going to have to have each play, you know, at least, at least four games a week, you know, that's insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is absolutely insane. Yeah, on top of, and it's, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be just like football where it's strictly league-based, right? I mean, you're not going to be bouncing out of non-league games. Well, there's going to be some schools that are going to do, I know they're trying to condense 20 games. Hey, say that again, Sam, you broke up there. Okay, there could be, there could be, there's teams that have been doing, um, that can be doing like, um, are putting 20 games in, in a, in a season. I mean, like they could, they're playing four games a week. They're playing four games per week, yes. one week, you know, so. But, but like I, I mentioned, it's going to be league based only, correct? They're not going to go out of league. Um, there will be some non-league games. Okay. There will be some non-league. So, but. But I know every coach is basically trying to get the schedule in with the time that they have, you know, and then the t- and then the um, tournaments, the district tournaments, they start up in March. So, you know, so that's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, hockey, I know. Um, hockey, I know. Um, there's been some changes for this season only. They're allowed to play two games on one non-school day, um, twice during the season. And in wrestling, um, individuals are allowed two days of competition. Um, in wrestling, teams and individuals are allowed two days of competition. So all regular season wrestling competitions are limited to four teams with a max of three matches per day okay. of competition. So basically, it's very similar to the volleyball format when you look at wrestling. All right. And assuming nothing happens. Assuming nothing happens, but, you know, if this antigen test program is successful, then I don't see why not um, we can't have a winter season. Well, we're going to have a winter season, but is it <laughs> the thing is, is it going to end in May? <laughs> That's the big question. I mean, you know? and, we know we, and I know the MHA is hell-bent on um, putting, having a spring season, obviously, because you know what happened last year with the spring. Oh, yeah, lived it. I mean, you know, we lived it. I mean, like, so... So there's gonna be um there's gonna be some things that um <laughs> we're gonna have to address. But you know what? But if but if this antigen test program's successful, like it's been going so far to Evan Heron, um, then there's no reason why I I don't think we should start the year in January. You don't so, you don't, so say that again? So since the ant, mean, you, you you don't have an issue with them starting the way they are starting yeah, because of the antigen testing. Right, and if the engine testing is successful, it, it ah. comes down to if the engine testing is successful. You know, yeah. <laughs> so well, well, we saw that. Uh, you know, we mentioned it before on uh, multiple episodes that uh, once the system was in place for monitoring for COVID, mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of the teams across all the different disciplines, you know. Uh, yeah. This fall, it worked, you know, uh, managing managing the uh, exposure. If there's exposure, there was isolation. And, you know, it, it kept everything going. And um, like uh, like today, I was in a meeting here in Orient Township about 
uh, you know, the outlook on Oakland County itself on exposure and who's infected and all that. And my goodness, uh, around Thanksgiving, when we saw the spike was unbelievable. It's like it's above it was above uh, 50% higher than it was at the onset in March when everybody, mm-hmm. you know, we're all freaking out going, oh, my God, what is this? And it, you know, at looking at the trend prior to Thanksgiving, it was so low and ma- being managed with school in session and all these great things happening. And then it just went nuts. Um, but we, what we're seeing now is that uh, out in Oakland County, that mm-hmm. uh, we're back to the COVID infection rate levels that we were last March. So mm-hmm. it's still higher, but it's about 50% lower than it was around Thanksgiving, which is a positive sign. My concern, because. and my concern, I'm sure, is with everybody else is, okay, when did we see this spike? Around a holiday break. Oh, right. we just had a holiday break. Are we going to see it tick up again? And that's you know, the only thing know. that I'm concerned with, that if it ticks up again, then this whole, you know, the winter sports season Six weeks only with no uh, wiggle room. It's a little dicey. Mm-hmm. It is very dicey. I mean, like when you look at the situation, how it's how it is. I mean, like, and of course, you hear in the news bit recently about new variants, you know, coming in. I mean, oh like, god, yeah. You know that that's the scary sign, and you know, and I just and I'm looking at Kodak now, right now, and looking at Michigan right now, the state, and I'm a little concerned. I mean, like daily cases went up. Um, positive rate went up, test rate went up. Um, I'm a little concerned. I mean, like, you know, with it, with it right now. I mean, like, but, but I don't know what type of data they're using. I don't know how data driven it is. But, but you <laughs> it's know, all data. Some, some, it's all data. Some sometimes stats can be is different. You know what I mean? So, you know, so that's how I'm seeing it. But we don't know what's going to happen. Yet, Correct. You know? And so, and you mentioned the variant, so there's not a lot known about it. Um, something that was concerning, and um, I don't want to take up too much time talking about this stupid virus, but, you know, hey, health, we got to be healthy, right? And we got to watch out, for, especially when we're talking about schools and kids, is that yeah. this variant is a little more um, contagious amongst the younger uh, ages, yeah, right? Scary. Which is so... So it's almost opposite of what we've been dealing with all along. You're going, okay, so it, it's got a little variation to it, and it's it's not not that any variation of a virus is like, hey, that's a positive. No. Uh, we couldn't get that, right? So now here the no. variation we have is that it's more virulent in the younger ages, like mm-hmm. uh, you know the school-age kids. So we're like, oh, great. And, you know, so who knows? Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, we'll see what happens with the kids. You know, trying to I mean? be positive think, for 2021, man. I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to, but it feels like everything. I'm we, trying. I know, I know. And then we got other, we got other news as well. We got to talk about too. I mean, like. Yeah, hang on one second. I, I just want to hit the button, man. We got some breaking news. Yes, we do. It's been a while since we had some breaking news. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this was a jaw dropper. Hit it. Yep, Corey Saroch. Now the new head football coach at Waldlake Western. Um, he is leaving Farmington after four seasons. Um, you know he went nineteen and eighteen at Farmington. Um, his best season was eight and two in twenty nineteen, which led to a playoff upset of Oak Park. Um, they ended up losing to UD Jesuit in the um 
in the um, postseason in the in the district final. Um, and this was a very this was a shocker to me. Of course, seeing the Roach um, leave Farmington to go to Wallach Western. Um, Farmington had a lot of talent coming back next season, including running back Jacob Saunders, linebacker Demetria Moore, and quarterbacks Jalen Silver and Dominic Pesci. Um, so when you look at Farmington, we've seen them, you know, we've seen them um, on a moment TV. Um, what was your initial thoughts when you saw Farmington play um, under Sirocha um, when the video you saw? Yeah, they solid team, right? I mean, they stumbled a little bit this year, but it was it's always a solid team. Um, mm-hmm. I was to see him leave the OAA is quite shocking, to be honest. Um, you know, we always thought of them as a, you know, um, a solid program. He's doing a nice job over there. And, um, I, I guess, uh, the, the grass, as they say, was greener just down the road at, uh, Wald Lake, uh, uh, Western. So it's, it's kind of, sh- I mean, what is he inheriting over at Wald Lake Western? Western, we know this got they got a lot of talent. Um, but they really haven't had the stability coaching in the last, um, three years um i know they had a legendary coach um i forgot i don't remember the name right now um on the tip of my tongue but this is going to be Wall lake western's fourth coach in four years Whoa. i mean like and that is a very high turnover rate when you look at um when you look at new coaches um when you look at saroch um it's gonna be very interesting how he fits in over there at Wall lake western i mean like you know when he was at farmington um he was the defensive coordinator under Coach John Bechtel. Um, he was in the sub-RC ranks. I got to know him very well. He was on our podcast. He was on at Media Day. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, um, you know, and then for, for him to leave um, Wall, Lake West, Wall Lake Western, you know, I think it's going to be a – I think it's going to be very different. I mean, like, even though Wall Lake Western and Farmington are basically the same based in enrollment, but – I just think that, you know, with Wall Lake Western, you know that legend, that championship pedigree that they want to drive and get to. Um, yep. They were a little bit off in the Lakes Valley. Um, when you look at teams like Lakeland, Wall Lake Northern, South Lion, and South Lion East, they made some noise. They made some noise this year. I mean, Wall Lake Western really struggled. They were 5-3 and three this year. I mean, they ended up losing the South Lion in the district semifinals. Um, so when you look at Wall Lake Western, um, they got a quarterback coming back. Um, they got, I mean, I mean, like, um, I think Wallach Western's going to have no problem scoring points. It's going to be on the other side of the ball defensively where I think they got the questions. Mm. And, uh, stepping away from the OAA to another league. To Lakes Valley. Yeah. It's, uh, just, you know, it's, it's amazing. You hear from other coaches uh, who talk about the OAA and, um, you know, how all the, all the coaches get along. Um, it seems like a pretty harmonious league. Uh, everybody knows what's going on. You have a lot of state uh, championships, you know, past state uh, championship title uh, holders rolling through this league. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, I don't, you don't necessarily see that um, out of the uh, Lakes Valley. But, well, but, you, but know, you have yeah. strong programs, and mm-hmm. it seems like the foundations uh, of these different schools in that league are just as strong, especially, you know, in the sub-varsity ranks and the feeder programs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the thing um, that we got to look at. Obviously, for Farmington State, this is a huge loss for them. 
losing a guy, losing a coach like Corey Saroch, um, you know, uh, the apparent, the heir apparent to John Bechtel. Um, I don't know where this, where um, this goes for Farmington. I know that former um, Harrison girls basketball coach and athletic director at Farmington, Tim Micklash. I know him very well. Um, he's going to have a very interesting job, you know, a very interesting um, coaching search to deal with. I mean, like when you look at some of the coaching candidates that could be mentioned for this job, I mean, like, you know, could a, um, could it be a former, a North, a former North Farmington coach? I mean, that could come in and, could it be Bob Chiazza? Of course, Bob Chiazza, former North Farmington football coach, um, before um before the before Harrison closed. You know, he was the original coach at North Farmington. Could he come back into the Farmington School District? That's another question. There. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, there's a lot of different avenues. I think for Tim Miklash to um look at um when it when it comes to the coaching search for Farmington for for, for football. You know what I mean? Because you got to build that whole program back up, it looks like. Yeah, and to be hunting for new coaches this time of year is always <laughs> – and under the situation we're dealing with, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, usually stability kind of reigns supreme, and um, especially if you have a program that's kind of running itself in a way, you know. So it, it'll be, like you said, I, to, to use your phrase, interesting to see which way they go in looking for a new uh, – uh, head coach for that program. I think that's going to be the thing when you look at Farmington. I mean, like Farmington, it's not a bad job. I mean, like considering even though, um, even though, you know what I mean? But um, I mean, they got great facilities down there at Farmington. It's just the question's going to be is they got to find the right guy. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that if they, if they can find the right guy that can make a whole run, I don't know if it has to necessarily be a Bechtel um, protege, um, but it would be very interesting, though, if um, if Farmington were to go that route, um, and um, you know, and go, they could go within the program. They can go within the um, out. But it looks like to me they're going to have to go outside the program to mm. um, to um, basically um, get their next coach. And I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, but if they do go in house, it would be very interesting. So we're going to keep an eye on this situation over at Farmington yeah. um, with their coaching search over there. Um, the big, um, but with Saroj going to Wall Lake um, Western, uh, do I think, does this put them in the middle of the Lakes Valley conversation? Yeah, it yeah. It does. Oh. But I just don't think right now, if I had to put Wall Lake Western right now, with Lakeland, Wall Lake Northern, South Line, and South Line East, I think right now to me, Wall Lake Western, it's the fifth best team in the Lakes Valley right now. Hmm. And that's, and that, and it's, it, it's, a, it's tough, but I hope Saroj gets that coaching stability there over at Wall Lake Western. I really hope. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that their turnover rate was so high over there. Cause um, mm-hmm. we've always seen uh, one, any one of the Wall Lake schools is always a, a tough, tough out, no matter who you're up uh-huh. against. And to have, like you said, four coaches in four years, you're like, uh, what's the deal? You know, is it um, internal? Is it um, external? Is it just uh, circumstances? Well, I know, the two, I, know the, I know, I know the uh, main, the legendary coach they had over there. He w- took a job in Arizona, and then they had another coach that took a job up in the up in the UP. Oh. And then, and then last year's coach really was on an interim basis. Just didn't work out. So when you look at um, 
So when you look at bringing in a guy like Saroch, he knows stability. Yeah. Um, and I hope he can bring that stability to that program. I mean, like I know Wallach Western, I know they're, they, they preach football prowess over there. Um, but from a Farmington standpoint, you know, I think this really hurts them not having their leader, um, coaching them next season. They're going to have a different coach there, Yeah. but he is going to have some talent there. So, well, that's really interesting to see what happens. That was definitely the surprise when you fired that email. I was like, what? But, <laughs> but if there's one thing for Farmington and their sake, they're going to be in the um, blue division ah. um, for football. So that will help them out. So whoever the new coach is, he's go- whoever the new coach is going to be there at Farmington, um, they're going to they're gonna certainly um, benefit. Yeah, they're not throwing the them in the, into the deep end in the red. <laughs> no, no. And if that was the case, and that would be a um, that could be a very dangerous scenario. Absolutely, I and mean, we've seen that happen. Oh yeah, I mean, um, we've seen that happen on plenty of occasions. Um, yeah. let's go to uh, let's go to the picks now. Of course, for these three games. Yeah, uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk volleyball next week. Um, of course, we're gonna preview that Clarkston Grand Blank matchup at Lapeer. Um, that's gonna be very interesting there, as well. Um. We're going to go with our first game. This is a, we talked earlier about this game. Um, North Farmington goes to Traverse City Central. Um, North Farmington, we talked about having to make that travel yeah. up I-75, M-72 in Grayling, mm-hmm. and then going west to Traverse City <laughs> and the Derby Field. And it's a beautiful field. Derby Field is a beautiful field. Um, the good news is you don't have to do the Lake Effect snow machine over there. Lake Michigan. So far, so far. So far. So, but weather could change up there. <laughs> you could blink and it's uh, you're you're under two feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, weather could change up there. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say if, oh geez, I, uh, I'm going to say North Farmington does not get it done. You think I, you got Traverse City Central? I do. I think Central. You can't underestimate uh, playing at home, and mm-hmm. I mean the travel is just at this time of year. If it was maybe, you know, let's say a regular year and they're traveling in, you know, November or whatever, I, I might I might change my mind. But I think with the travel and the snow, it can get to you. And, yeah. um, I, you know, are they going up a day before? Are they going, you know, staying over? I, I think uh, that is going to be a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's the only real team that we saw that, is really traveling those lengths, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that's going to be a huge issue and playing at home being fresh is, it might be the difference in that game. I, I say they fall. You think North Farmington falls? I'm going to take the other side. I think, you know, I'm going to take the other side. I think North Farmington, um, they played a tougher schedule. Um, I just think that the Raiders have, um, you know, they, they, they had a week off, an extra week to prepare. Um, I'm just not convinced, though, with Traverse City Central um, based on their on their non-conference site playing Macomb, Dakota. I know they have that win against Midland, too, which is huge. But yeah. um, I, I, there is one side of thing I'm very concerned about, and that is Carson Briggs up front. Um, when you look at the um, – and North Farmington really doesn't have an impactful lineman that can make some noise. Um, but I just think, though, with Justice Whitehorn running the ball um, – I think Jacob Osandro is going to have a huge game in this game against um, Traverse City Central. I I don't think Traverse City Central's defense is as good as people think they are. Okay. Um, 
they had to survive Midland and that and Al, and Al Money, uh, their quarterback. Um, but I just think um, I think North Farmington is going to find a way and win this game. They're going to go up there to the UP. I think it's going to be a very close game. I'm going to take the Raiders, and they're going to go play Muskegon Motor Shores next week in Muskegon. All right. That's so North another Farmington another fine team. trip. <laughs> yeah, I'll be another beautiful trip. It's very hard to go from. Traverse City one week and then have to go to Muskegon <laughs> the next week. That's, that, gonna be cool. uh, that's a lot of miles. Um, all I right, know, we can, moving we on to Oak miles. Park. Uh, Oak, Oak Park, Livonia Churchill. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm in Oak Park's corner on this one. I think they go in and they do it. I think the the magical postseason run continues. I got Night Valley as well. I think Oak Park, same thing. I mean, like, um, you know, I think Oak Park's defense is gonna. To be leaguer than all, they're going to find a way and win this game. Um, I think Davion Prim's going to have a huge game. Um, James Burnley, watch him. I think he's going to have a big game, too. I got the Knights moving on, likely heading to Wayne State next week. All righty. West Bloomfield. I got West Bloomfield. I have, I have West Bloomfield, and it. I'm going to say it's going to be easy. You got blowout swamp. I got swamp blowout. I think West Bloomfield, same thing. I mean, I don't trust Romeo offensively um, in this game. West Bloomfield's defense much better than Stony Creek. Um, much better than Stony Creek, though, for um, Romeo. It's going to be a very tough time for um, Romeo. I think it's going to be a blowout. All righty. All right. Yep. Well, that's uh, we're wrapping this baby up. Uh, any last thoughts for OA Nation? Well, you know, I hope everybody stays healthy, and I hope everybody um, stays positive. I mean, like, we're going through, everybody's going through this right now. There's vaccines right now out. I mean, like, thankfully. I mean, like, Good news. we're all in this together. Yes, yes. But we're all in this together. I mean, like, but we got some football to keep an eye on. I'm keeping an eye on the winter sports situation as well. Um, I do have my basketball previews. I will release them this weekend, so okay. if you want to take a look at them. Um, and we'll release them on the blog here at Sammy Semicolon to me blogspot.com. Um, so you want to take a look at the boys and girls basketball teams coming forward. So I've got my projections. I got my rankings to start off and we're going to give it a go. Awesome. Sounds good. That's uh Sammy Termina calling in on the OA now the first one of 2021. Thanks Sam. We'll Hard see you believe. next. I know we'll see you next week. Yep. All right, that's it for this edition of OA Now. OA Now is produced by Sammy Terramina, and the views on this show are his and mine alone. We wish all of you a safe and happy new year in 2021. We hope your uh, holiday uh, layoff was uh, productive and relaxing and safe and all that good stuff. Hope Santa brought you everything you wanted for Christmas. We're going to continue to bring you uh, updates uh, every week from now on until we get uh, to the end of the school year. So stay tuned for OA Now. That's it for this edition. We'll see you next week. See ya!